as we conclude our worship series on the fruit of the Spirit, first from Galatians 5, 22, for the last time in the series, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. And for us today, Romans chapter 1, we begin in verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed throughout the world. For God, whom I serve with my spirit by announcing the gospel of his Son, is my witness that without ceasing I remember you always in my prayers, asking that by God's will I may somehow at last succeed in coming to you. For I am longing to see you so that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, or rather so that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I might reap some harvest among you, as I have among the rest of the Gentiles. I am a debtor, both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. Hence my eagerness to proclaim the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. One of my favorite shows growing up is perhaps one that, that you watched as well. And uh, if I catch it, you know, on, on Hallmark or one of the older channels, I'll still watch it. But one of my favorite shows growing up was Lassie. Uh, anybody ever watch Lassie? Does the younger generation even have a clue who I'm talking about? <laughs> it's about a collie dog. Uh, that dog uh, was always saving the boy who was getting into trouble. And any time, Lassie was always there. And, and somehow, the, boy could all, the, the, the boy's father could always tell what Lassie was barking. You ever, you ever hear that? So the boy falls in the, the lake. Lassie runs home, barks, and a man comes out and says, Little Johnny fell into the lake and is now floating down river and I need to go and get him? Okay. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> she was loyal and she was always there for that boy and that family. Faithfulness is hanging on to what is nearest and dearest to us and committing our lives to it. Today we will conclude our series on the fruit of the Spirit with faithfulness. By fruit of the Spirit, for the last reminder, I'm referring to those actions which show evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. This is where we start. When we seek to live like Jesus. This is where we invite and encourage others to act like and to model their lives after when seeking to live a life 
like Jesus. Today we'll answer the question, is there more to faithfulness than just belief? Is there more to it than just belief? You know, there are so many great definitions of the word faithfulness or faithful. Things like absolute trust, confident hope, belief in what isn't seen, right? Think of Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas for a reason. Why? Because he says, until I can put my fingers in the holes in his hands and on his side, I will not believe. In response, Jesus was not scolding him, but Jesus was given a, an encouraging word. He said, blessed is he who believes, but have not seen. <clears throat> so for today's context, this is what we're going with the definition of for faithfulness. Faithfulness is this, maintaining belief or allegiance, showing a strong sense of duty, conscientiousness, trustworthiness, and steadfastness. That's a lot of misses and big words, isn't it? But maintaining that strong belief and allegiance. It's commitment to a relationship with God and to our fellow human beings. It's seen in that loyalty, devotion, and that service, which is a reflection of God's own faithfulness. We love, why? Because God is love. We have joy, why? Because God is joy. And you can go down the whole list. God first loved us. So we are faithful to God because God was first faithful to us. In spite of humanity's continued efforts, though, to be ripped apart from God, God's love for us and commitment to us has gotten stronger over the years. Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 3, out of the message translation, I want you to hear this says this, so what if in the course of doing that some of those Jews abandoned their post? God didn't abandon them. Do you think their faithfulness cancels out his faithfulness? Not on your life. Depend on it. God keeps his word even when the whole world is lying through its teeth. Scripture says the same, and this is Paul quoting Psalm 51. Your words stand fast and true. Rejection doesn't phase you. But if our wrongdoing only underlines and confirms God's right doing, shouldn't we be commended for helping out? Since our bad words don't even make a dent in his good words, isn't it wrong of God to back us to the wall and hold us to our word? These questions come up. The answer to such questions is no, a most emphatic no. How else would things ever get straightened out if God didn't do the straightening? Someone say amen. Folks, if you hear nothing else, hear this today. The greatest example of God's faithfulness to us is the life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. Christ is how God straightened things out. 
Christ is how God is continuing to straighten things out. And Christ is all that we need and this world will ever need to keep getting straightened out. Because we as humans are stubborn and we will always need it. Amen? God made it possible through Christ for that separation that sin causes. You know what sin is? We talk about this. It's just a fancy word that means uh, a, a, a gap, but something that gets between us and God. Jesus is that bridge that shortens that gap and makes it possible for us to be connected to God again. Through this, God demonstrated how great God's faithfulness to us truly is. The question is this, and it becomes, are we ready to trust our lives to God? And even more importantly, are we willing to do what must be done in order to show, to prove, and to live that commitment to that trust? Faithfulness is believing in what God has already done for you. And it's living out that belief in God by staying connected to the Holy Spirit. Faithfulness, then, is a commitment to hang on to the Holy Spirit. And all those things, those gifts, those fruit that the Holy Spirit blesses us with. It's a commitment to live, as we have seen through this series, with love. Love that was first shown by Jesus. Actually, it was introduced by God in the very beginning. Because we were created because God wanted someone, something to love God back. We were created for and the need and out of love. But it's love as shown by Jesus, whose love is self-sacrificing and unchanging. Demonstrated by God who sent his son for all sinners. Love is the foundation for all the other fruit. And that's why it gets mentioned first. It's a commitment to act with joy. An inner rejoicing that abides deep despite all the outer conflicts. You know, the characteristic has little to do with happiness. And it can exist even in times of unhappiness. Joy is a deep and nourishing satisfaction that continues even when a life situation seems empty and seems unsatisfying. The relationship with God through Jesus remains even in the highest and the lows of our life. It's a commitment to act and to live with peace. The peace that is an inner quietness and trust in God's sovereignty and God's justice and God's time, even in the face of adverse circumstances. This is a profound agreement with the truth that God, not we, remains forever and always in charge of the universe. It's a commitment to act with uh, uh, patience, patiently putting up with other people. <laughs> and look at your neighbor. <laughs> patiently putting up with all those who constantly irritate us. The Holy Spirit's work in us increases our endurance it's a commitment to act with kindness acting charitably benevolently towards others as God did as Jesus demonstrated for all of us to do kindness takes the initiative in responding to the needs of others in particularly their greatest time of need it's a commitment to act with goodness 
humble, considerate of others, submissive to God. Even when anger is the appropriate response as when Jesus cleared the temple, gentleness keeps the expression of anger heated and headed in the right direction. Gentleness applies even force in the correct way. Power and authority under control. And it's a commitment to act uh, with gentleness. That's what we just talked about. (laughs) We skipped the goodness. And it's a commitment to act with self-control. Mastery over oneself, over the sinful desires of this world. When we surrender to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads us to the exercise of self-control that would be likely likely impossible under our own strength alone. When we are faithful to God, then we are committed to keeping all of these actions at the front lines of our lives. And by doing so, we are declaring freedom from the bondage of sin and evil in this world. When we are committed to live the fruit of the Spirit, we can, because of God's action through the Holy Spirit, get through anything this world tries to throw at us. You know, the, we're at war with evil on a constant basis. We might as well put it out there and use the right lingo, whether it's politically correct or not. <laughs> we are at war every day with evil, and the fruit of the Spirit is our ammunition only ammunition we need being faithful to Christ is a daily battle it's all out warfare this is also staying true though to the language of scripture the language of warfare keeps true to the language of scripture and to the songs of encouragement that we sing each and every Sunday songs like fight the good fight with all thy might a mighty fortress is our God onward Christian soldiers marching as to war forward into battle see his banners go stand up stand up for Jesus ye soldiers of the cross soldiers of Christ arise and put your armor on do we really know what we are singing when we say these words are we ready to take action in accordance with the very scriptures we read and the very songs that we sing you know, for this kind of battle with the forces of evil, we need the kind of commitment that only comes from the Holy Spirit. We need the kind of commitment that was described by Tim Bowden when he spoke in one of his books entitled One Crowded Hour. A group of Gurkhas from Nepal were asked if they were willing to jump from a transport plane into battle and combat against the Indonesians. The Gurkhas had the right to turn down the request because they had never been trained as paratroopers. Uh, Bowden says in quotes, Now the Gurkhas usually agreed to anything, but on this occasion they provisionally rejected the plan. But the next day one of their uh, NCOs sought out the British officer who made the request and said they had discussed the matter further and would be prepared to jump under certain conditions. The Gurkhas told him they would jump, 
if the land was marshy or reasonably soft with no rocky outcrops because they were inexperienced in falling. The British officer considered this and said that the dropping area would almost certainly be over jungle and there would be no rocky outcrops, so all seemed to be all right. The Gurkhoff said they wanted also the plane to fly as slowly and as lowly as it possibly could, within 100 feet of the ground, if absolutely possible. The British officer pointed out that that the planes always did fly as slowly as possible when dropping troops, but to fly 100 feet was impossible because the parachutes would not have time to open from that height. And the Gurkha NCO took a step back and said, Oh, well, uh, you didn't mention parachutes before. Folks, I don't know about you, but that's commitment. (laughs) They were ready to jump from that plane, even though he had never mentioned parachutes. Here's a question. Are we willing to jump for Christ when Christ doesn't mention the parachutes? True or false, we are all perfect, and we can all do things perfectly. Major false, right? Major false. Folks, here's the deal. Again, if you heard nothing else today, I want you to hear this. We are all created differently. We are all gifted differently. Likewise, we are all fruited differently. There are some of these that we can spend a lifetime trying to master. Maybe it's self-control. Maybe it's gentleness. I don't know. And we can never get there. But here's the thing, and here's the kicker. While we cannot be perfect, that doesn't mean we can't strive for perfection. This was a major philosophy of John Wesley, seeking perfection, going on to perfection. Seeking perfection means this. It means that we use whatever we have for the glory of God. That's what it means. It doesn't mean trying to go through life flawlessly. It doesn't mean going through life trying to live every moment the way that Jesus lived. Because guess what? Jesus was perfect and we cannot be. We cannot be Jesus, but we can try to be. Perfection is using whatever we have to live for the glory of God. It means always trying to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ in this world. It means always giving 110% to living out our belief in what has God has already done for us. Yes, folks, do you believe this? There is more to faithfulness than just belief. To answer the question, faithfulness also means putting that belief into action. Faithfulness means putting that belief into action. We do that by doing whatever is necessary to stay connected to the Holy Spirit, which keeps us connected to God Almighty, creator of us and the universe. So here's the question for us today. How are we staying connected to the Holy Spirit? How are we staying faithful to God? How are we living with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, 
goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Did I miss one? How are we committing to life that looks as closely to the action of Jesus that we can get? can we lean into that life this week? What would it look like if individually this is what we strive for every day? Just to live a life that looks like Jesus. Live a life that seeks to live out all of these fruit every single day in every single way possible. What would it look like if the church also lived by that? Seek to live out that way. How many people would know how much they matter to God and to us if we committed to being a fruit of the Spirit church. How about every person in every church in this world if we committed that? How different could this world be? Guess what? It starts with us. It starts with every individual. How can we be fruit of the Spirit people? How can we lead others to be fruit of the Spirit people? And how can we be a fruit of the Spirit church for the community that needs us now more than ever before? Let's just see, let's just see how contagious that fruit can be. Seeking to live a life like Jesus Christ, seeking perfection so that one day we may go on to be with Jesus in perfection. This is the gospel message. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Let us live it out for all to see. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Of invitation and going forward this day is what a friend.